best in this way. That's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. Hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey, now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. Oh, hey. snap. We back with another yeah, one. Jake. And I had to come, I had to start with an intro like that because you know, as of yesterday, the whole all-star team is announced. And there's one name that I'm just gonna start off right away. Congrats, Frederico Van Vliet. Nice <laughs> to see you as an all-star. You know, I was wait, you know that was my early pick. But Jay, we back with another hidden takes after a little bit of a, a break, you know, we'll, we'll explain to the fans just just getting some things in order work-wise and other just life took over but we back brother good to see you and just before we start uh viewer discretion is advised because if you can't handle the heat stay, stay, away stay out the kitchen man. man so we back though jay how you doing brother i'm doing good man happy happy to be back like how you said uh had a little hiccup with life but it's all good. We're going to keep it pushing. And um, we here. And I'm honestly so damn excited for this episode, Jay, because not only is there so much to talk about with the All-Star, but it's just there's so much going on around the NBA right now. It's just picking up. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm a race car driver going into gear six. I'm, I'm getting I'm gearing up, Jay. Yes, sir, man. No, it's a crazy. It's a, we're gearing up for the deadline, like you said more than halfway through the season, man. There's a lot of a lot of shakeup going on around the league. But let's talk about what I already had mentioned earlier, and that's the All-Stars that were revealed last night. And we're, what a first, how we're going to start this off. We know we usually start with news in these Hidden Takes episodes. I'm just going to start with it off by first saying the date um, we're recording on, which is uh, Friday, February 4th, um, 2022, um, obviously. But we're going to first just talk about the snubs and dubs is what we're going to call this segment of the All-Star and the All-Star rosters. There was a few names I know that stick out to me that I thought should have been locked for the All-Star game that didn't end up making it. And then there was the dubs. Like, obviously, uh, early on, I'm going to already said, you know, Fred Van Fleet, I thought he was very deserving uh, the way he's been playing and how the, the team is following. Because um, there was a lot of question marks. Would they be the same team without Lowry? And he stepped right in and filled those shoes pretty well to my, to my standards and what I believe. So, Jay, I'm going to start off with the East team. Um, first, and then I'll read off the names there and then what we got in the West, um, just for those of who may not have known at this point what the all-star team is, um, but I'm pretty sure you all do by now. But um, so first, obviously, Kevin Durant with the captain, we already kind of knew, and that was guest um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, and DeMar DeRozan all be starters for the East. And then the reserves for the East are Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland from the Cleveland Cavaliers, James Harden from the Brooklyn Nets, Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls, Chris Middleton from the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks, had to add that little asterisk, Jason Tatum from the Boston Celtics, and Fred, of course, Frederico Van Vliet from the Toronto Raptors. Jay, dubs, snubs, what you got for the East, man? Let's start it right off. I mean, all right, let's kick it off. I mean, I'm going to just start talking about the player you had to put the asterisk on. And I think that everyone should put the asterisk on because the reason and I'm not trying to hate on him, the crit, but this is Chris Middleton. The reason he made it this year was because of what he did last year. I think it's what he, it's what he's earned. I'm not saying he's not having a, a good season, but there are players and even in particular players on his own team that have been having a better season, in my opinion, and their impact have been have, have been more felt. Let's look at Drew Holiday, the, in my opinion, the second best player on that team. The guy, yes, Giannis is the first guy. Yes, Chris Middleton is the guy that they go to in, in the in-clutch moments, but I still would put Drew Holiday as the second best player on that team. I mean, look at his role his role on both sides of, of, of the ball, man. I mean, we know uh, NBA players – are never stopped giving him praise saying he's one of the most underrated underrated uh guard defenders and um and as of late in the last couple of years the the uh, the league has been coming to realize that and uh we saw that the bucks were struggling early on in the year because they were missing so many play- it wasn't just Drew holiday it was other players as well but Drew holiday was a big a big uh impact as to uh, why they couldn't be this this great defensive team and then we also know that he can bring it on the on the offensive end man he can be a bucket getter for himself he can also set up uh set set up his big guys he's got he's got bobby portis out there having a great season i mean i would know best bobby's on my fantasy man so 
I mean, Bobby's mm. just been eating, been feasting for me, and that's Bobby P. And that's all Drew. Drew's been setting him up, man. So I mean, I, I that that's the first thing I want to start off with. I was a little mind boggled that Drew Holiday didn't make it, but Chris Middleton made it. Um, there's some there's some other players in the East, but I don't know if you want to you know, if you want to uh, bounce, you want to go back and forth here on some uh, some snubs that you got. Um, but as far as the East, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that you know. Like you said, Chris Middleton did make it because of, you know, what he had done in the past. Um, and but I mean, I think winning the championship, I was having this conversation with friend of the show, um, Oko, about this. And he was mentioning that Chris Middleton should have is, is a, shouldn't have been on this roster. Uh, he thought LaMelo Ball was more deserving, thought Miles Bridges. Those were the two that he named. And I mean, I kind of agreed with him, John, like that those were. Those are two players who are definitely deserving. Actually, I'll say that. But like you mentioned, and like I put the asterisks on it, winning a championship comes with a certain amount of clout, a certain amount of things that you've earned. And it, it could be in the past, but as a reigning champion, I do agree with the, uh, Drew Holiday if there was to be a replacement, but he did miss a lot of games too. So I will add that. Chris Middleton's for the most part has been, despite I think one, maybe him sitting out for a little bit. And then obviously COVID as most players have gotten or the health and safety protocols, as I should say, more politically correct. Um, <laughs> we don't know what they had, but um, Chris Middleton was sitting out, but he's been pretty Mr. Consistent for, for uh, the Bucks for the majority of this season. So I think that's why he may have gotten the nod over uh, potentially, and I will agree, a more Drew, uh, deserving Drew Holiday. But I'm just going to segment into the snubs, and that's for sure Mr. LaMelo Ball um, over there in Charlotte. And what has he done in his last five games, Jace? He's put up 38 points, six rebounds, nine assists, 23 points, five rebounds, 10 assists, 20 points, seven rebounds, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists. 25 points, three rebounds, seven assists, Jay. And that's all in the past five games, Jay. That sounds like an all-star to me if I've ever heard one. And he's been putting up those numbers and he's kept the um, he's kept the, the Charlotte Hornets afloat, man. Um, not to say that he hasn't had help because he has, has help from another guy who I thought was extremely deserving. And that's Mr. RMB. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. RT, Miles Bridges, man. Um, you know what he's been doing, man. And I think that those are two big snubs. And I think one of them for sure, this is, and it's also too, you don't really know how the position wise, what's how is going to shake up because of how they have, you know, forwards, guards. And I think that's going to play into a factor. And we know that Kevin Durant isn't going to be participating in these, this all-star game because he's supposed to be a starter. So it's going to be interesting to see which of those two, gets the all-star game but who are you who are you thinking between the two if we're going to come down to who takes over um as a as a kind of a fill-in because i'll also throw out another name and that's pascal siakam who's been playing great in, over here up here i should say <laughs> in, in toronto so those are three names that come to mind who are very deserving there in the east now let's not even talk about the west because there's a lot of stuff on that side but and um, i can I throw two two other names, Jay, that were extremely yeah. extremely deserving? That Jared Allen was extremely diverse. Uh, di- damn, I can't say the word. Deserving, deserving. deserving. Yep. There we go. There we go. Mm-hmm. Th- thanks, brother. Thanks, brother. Yep. Uh, Jared Allen. So baffled by it. So, <laughs> so baffled, baffled by I can't Allen, even yeah. say it. <laughs> so disgusting. Yeah. We got we got Jared Allen, and then I know it's crazy. I know his team hasn't been doing as well, but Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown has mm, been putting up yeah. a ridiculous season. So, uh, so w- with uh, w- with that in mind, with with the names of Jared Allen, Lamelo, Jalen Brown, um, uh, and uh, and um, Miles Bridges, and 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 Miles Bridges, with all those names in mind, with all those names in mention, I- I'm trying to think who was the biggest snub though, Jay, because I mean, all of those guys were deserving. I mean, let's just be real; all those guys were deserving. Jared Allen was the best defender on a team that was the third best defensive team in the league, LaMelo Ball. I mean, he's the reason the Hornets go, right? If LaMelo Ball doesn't go, the Hornets aren't going. We saw how bad, how bad they were doing when um, when when he's out. I mean, he's, the Hornets are extremely dependent on him, which is bad for the Hornets as a team, but really makes LaMelo look like 
that great all-star that he is. Jalen Brown, the team isn't as dependent on him because they have, you know, they have Jason Tatum to be able to do that work. But Jalen Brown has been has been steady, like how you said, you know, I mentioned Chris Middleton uh, being consistent. That's what Jalen Brown has been, that, that, that steady diet for the Celtics as uh, Jason Tatum had a slow start. And, I mean, Miles Bridges uh, has been – Lamelo's complimentary piece, man. So I don't know, Jay. I'm trying to think. I don't even. I don't even have to answer myself as to out of all those guys, who's the biggest snub? Well, I mean, I'm gonna throw in this rotten apple, and, and this is this is what how I'm thinking of it. And I'm gonna just I'm gonna use the West for an example, and then I'm gonna relay that to what I got in the East and why there is a rotten apple in the bunch of the East, and it's not even Chris Middleton. So when you look at who is in the West and they're all the, the team that just real quick, um, I'm not going to name the whole roster because, well, well, I'm going to name it after, but uh, the first seed Suns have a representative. The Warriors obviously have three representatives. The Grizzlies have one representative. I'm, I'm naming it in order of what seed they are. The, the number four jazz, they have two representatives. The Mavericks have one representative. The Nuggets, the sixth seed have one representative. The Timberwolves have one representative and then it skips to the ninth seed and the Lakers have one representative uh, with LeBron. Right. So those are basically the top eight seeds, um, top nine seeds in the West. Then let's flip it to the East. You got the Bulls with DeMar and Zach Levine. You got the uh, Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler. You got the um, you got and I'm naming this in order of seed for those listening. Um, And then 76ers, you got Joel bucks you got two and chris middleton and um Giannis. fifth seed you got darius garland sixth seed you got james harden and kd seventh seed you got frederico um and then and then it skips and then you mentioned J- jalen brown it skips obviously it's the ninth seed jason tatum then it skips that eighth seed and here's where i got the rotten apple who is starting and i'm not saying he's I'm right there not deserving mm-hmm Trey Young, mm-hmm. Jay, mm-hmm. starting, mm-hmm. starting at a 10th seed, sitting mm-hmm. one game below 500, and that's coming off a win last night, a huge win, I'll say, over the Phoenix Suns. But before this roster was, that was that was after that this roster was decided. And, Jay, that's where a rotten apple sticks out to me because you're mm-hmm. skipping over the 8th seed and you're also skipping over a guy like Jared Allen who may might be deserving of a team getting too. I don't know, Jay, but that's a rotten apple that I got in the East where you look at a team that. like the, the uh, Boston Celtics who are three games over 500. You're not even over 500 if you're the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah. Albeit that's what comes in where I was talking about mentioned earlier, Jay. And that's the factor of being, having that clout, making it to the Eastern conference finals. And it's a little bit of a build over. What did you did for me? last year but i kind of now i'm kind of a firm believer and i'm kind of feeling into what you were saying earlier is that what have you done for me lately and i think that's how more it should be decided when we look at these all-star teams and how it's decided i don't think i think trey young yes all-star deserving starter no i think that's a rotten apple and i think guys like Jalen brown and other guys should be considered Lamelo, miles bridges man jared allen I love that, Jay. I, not, I love that because I agree with that so much. Not only do I think that you know, uh, the, these, these other players that, that you, you mentioned, Jared Allen, Jalen Brown, Lamella, all these players should get, should, should get more consideration. But also, like, I think a player like Zach Levine, who's been balling mm-hmm. out of his mind, should have been in the starting lineup with DeMar over Trey Young yeah. and DeMar. And, and, and like, honestly, w- with DeMar and Zach Levine, you could have gone both ways. Like, all right, I'm going to pick this one, I'm pick this one. Uh, and, and both is great is a great option. I'm not hating on DeMar, but I think it should have been DeMar and Zach Levine out there. So not only do I agree with your point with as far as they, they really – snubbed snubbed like Jalen Brown LaMelo Miles Bridges and Jared Allen by really allowing Trey Young to be a starter in there but they really like snubbed my think uh, Zach Levine of an all-star starter uh, starting position man so that's exactly. that I, I'm, I'm right there with you Jay I definitely like your uh your 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 perspective on that one but uh but how, how sure. about we, we we kick it to the west brother let's talk about the yeah. west a little bit kick it to the west yeah absolutely so in the starters real quick we got the captain lebron james los angeles lakers nikola Jokic, the denver nuggets andrew wiggins of the golden state warriors stephen curry also of the golden state warriors and then john morant rounding out 
the starters for the Mem- from the Memphis Grizzlies in the West. And then for the reserves, Devin Booker from the first place Phoenix Suns, Luka Doncic from the Dallas Mavericks, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz, Draymond Green from the Golden State Warriors, Donovan Mitchell from Utah Jazz, Chris Paul from the, uh, from the Phoenix Suns, and Kat Carl Anthony Towns from the Minnesota Timberwolves rounding out the reserves for the West, man. Jay, Dub, Snubs, what you got in the West? Man, let me just let me just give hats off real quick because I don't think enough people give hats off to Chris Paul. But he's 36. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 36. Like LeBron James, yes, he is being a being a great player right now. And, and I don't think anyone's seen this kind of uh productivity at this kind of age and 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 that then the kind of numbers he's producing is insane. It's goat-like. Yes, I'm giving him all the shine, all the shine, all the praise, but like CP3 isn't far off, right? You know what I'm saying? Like CP3 isn't far off. I'm not saying CP3 isn't far off as LeBron as a player. Yes, LeBron is miles ahead of CP3 as a player, uh, one-on-one. He is, I, I'll take I'll take LeBron in every situation, no matter what age. But what I'm saying is that, like, I think that so much attention is getting put on LeBron. Wow, LeBron is doing this at 37. Wow, LeBron is leading the league in 30-point games, and he's one of the old, oldest players. And and all his attention is going on Bron, which is is deserving. Let's give Bron his attention for what he's doing, which is crazy. But I think a little bit more light should be shined on CP3, and some some people should be talking about the fact that the uh, CP3 is leading. He's the point guard. A point guard is the extension of the coach on the court, and he is leading the Phoenix Suns to be to I think as of as of right now they're the number one seed in the in the West. Uh, he ha- he has really hasn't had no slow ups, you know. Usually, mm-hmm. a, a players around this age, like um, I'm, I'm man, big big Kobe fan. Kobe Ryan's actually the reason I got into basketball. But I remember when Kobe Ryan was 36, 37, and it, they were at the bottom of of the Western Conference, uh, Western Conference uh, um, bracket. They were at the bottom of the Western Conference bracket. Kobe Brown was getting hurt uh, for, uh, in the early rounds in the in the playoffs or either late in the season. So, and and again, this is no hate. This is no hurt on on Kobe. This is no nothing this is just like showing the greatness of of the lebron showing the greatness of the cb3 to be able to be producing like this keeping your team at the top of its level you're staying at your top of your performance level is just i just wanted to give a quick hats off to that so that, that that's as far as the dubs and then um just real quick jay i mean if i'm just going to talk about snubs i'm just going to stay on the same path i've been on i know you weren't feeling it at first maybe maybe after some consideration and some thought you, you're feeling it now, but I'm still think Anthony Edwards was a snub, Jay. He has been having a ridiculous season, man, averaging more points than all-star, all-star named players like Chris Middleton, Jimmy Butler, Fred Van, Fred Van Vliet, Andrew Wiggins. And, th- and the, the, also I think the, the, the role he's taken on this, the role he's taken on this year has just been, has, has took a, a crazy leap. I think last year he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, um, assigned as much responsibility to uh, to be that scorer to be that second guy and 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 in times really I think D'Lo has taken that third position and has really allowed Ant to be that second guy behind behind Carl Anthony Towns and you know even um even even West you know West the Wolves fans you know we had him on the inter- we had him mm-hmm. on the interviews for the offseason shout out West he 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 was saying on Twitter he was saying because I had asked I was like well, well to all the Timberwolves fans who do you guys think is the is the number one option you know because sometimes some nights it's generally uh, Anthony Edwards some nights it's D'Angelo Russell but mm-hmm. the problem is the consistency who's doing it on a consistent basis and then a uh, West answer with it's different every single night man so you know some nights it's Cat some nights it's it's Ant uh, some nights mm-hmm. it could even be D- uh, D'Lo but I just think that uh, Ant has really stepped up this year, and I think he's you know he's deserving of that spot. Um, at least you know on the bench, man. You know, it doesn't have to yeah. be not a starter, but at least on the bench. That's what I think, man. But well, I don't know if you want to bounce off your first snub, Jay. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's definitely. I, I think he's definitely in the consideration for guys who are going to be taking over for um, for for uh, for KD. Sorry, not KD for Draymond. Um, to, to replace him but who who's my biggest snub my biggest snub is not um uh anthony edwards despite the season he's having and i'm gonna push it back and um, i'm gonna I'll, i can only the only reason that i think he wasn't named an all-star is because they're the 12th seed right now and that's a guy who i had Way back when, yeah. way back when in history, man. Been talking uh, about last him. year as a most improved player, and that's Mr. Deshante Murray for the it. San Antonio Spurs. 
averaging a modest 19.6 points per game, 8.5 rebounds a game, second among guards, Jay, 9.1 assists per game, a modest fourth in the NBA with 10 triple doubles, a Spurs record. He and Luca are the only players averaging 18-8-8 this season. And we know how you feel about uh, Luca, John. Yep, you know I'm right down. And we know how the rest of the world and critics feel about Luca and how he's perceived in the NBA, and that's elite company right there, Jay. And I think Dejounte Murray, had it not been if they're in the playoff conversation, uh, play in, play in, off conversation, I think he's a lock for the All Star game, and I think it's a serious snub, um, regardless if you're going to give that a starting all-star spot to Trey Young, DeJounte Murray should be in an all-star game in the Western Conference. Yeah, Jay, there is absolutely zero rebuttals and rebukes for me. You're not getting none of, no objections coming from me for that, Jay. I'm right there with you. Uh, I'll be, I'll be real. I'll be real. I'm just going to be sit here and be honest with the fans. Um, I think that it's because he's in a 12 seed, but it's also because he's in the Spurs. The Spurs aren't that flashy team that everyone pays attention to. The uh, you know the NBA lovers and hoop heads like us, like yeah, we watching the Spurs, but we're also watching Minnesota versus Oklahoma on a freaking Tuesday night. You know what I'm saying? With the Casuals, they're not they're not doing that. So I get it. I get it. You know, that people aren't seeing seeing this and seeing what he's doing. And I'll be real. Like, I, I didn't really see his uh, his his value to, 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 to the point where I'm to where I'm looking at. And now I'm looking at his numbers and I'm saying, like, man, like what he's doing is instrumental. And I think that if he wasn't in a Spurs uniform or if he had another flashy player there with him to not only just give him some help, but give him some more attention, give him more national televised mm-hmm. games, then I think he would definitely have that spot because he definitely has been having a, a, a ridiculous season, man. I mean, for a, any night, he's just due for a triple-double, man. So I just say he got to he, – he, he definitely was a snub. Uh, I can't even – no rebukes on that, Jay. Yeah. In terms of the rest of the West, uh, there's another – there's a few other names, and I, I looked to Macau Bridges, and one of the things I think he's a great defensive player, but I just think the stats aren't as sexy as you look at it, uh, the rest of the guys who are all-stars. I think the stats just really aren't there. And I think kind of stats are overlooked um, or sorry, are over um, over just too much weight is put on stats in the the sense that there's guys who are deserving and mean so much to the team and are all stars in their role. And that's the perfect example of that is uh, Mikhail Bridges and what he does for Phoenix. And he definitely is an all star in their eyes. And I'm sure just around the league too. Like you said, who heads and guys who really understand the game and what he brings night to night, um, despite maybe what his numbers might say. Um, so, so that is kind of another snub and potential guy. And especially the Phoenix Suns are the best team, best team in basketball right now. So you can't really take any discredit. And they're the defending Western Conference champions. Um, if we want to put some weight on the other side of it, like what they ha- what have they done? Um, in the past, if you're going to look at a guy like Chris Middleton. So uh, it's it's a little give and take on my end, too, because I'm obviously as a Warrior fan, I'd rather see the Warriors with three with three bursts uh, in the All-Star game than the Phoenix Suns. But I definitely understand that Mikhail Bridges is uh, deserving of that honor as well. So I think he's a bit of a snub, but not as much as a guy like DeJounte Murray. And I don't think as much as... Uh, Anthony Edwards. So, yeah, um, leave it at that, Jay. I'm, I'm but gonna, um, Jay, real quick, let me ask you one last question before we move on. I I know his record is horrendous, terrible, but he's been having a good season individually. SGA, should he have made it or not? SGA, a- averaging twenty, averaging twenty two points per game, four uh, four rebounds, five assists on um on twenty seven. Damn, that's terrible. Twenty seven percent from three and forty two percent from the field. <laughs> I didn't know he's definitely deserving. He's definitely. I think early on in the season he could have made a case for it. Just another guy who just records too uh, poor. It's just Sixteen and thirty four. That's just. Yeah. I don't know if I can get past that. Yeah, I can't. I can't get past that. <laughs> I don't know. I I'd, I'd that. much say. Uh, that uh somebody you know, else yeah yeah DeJounte's yeah. okay the, the guy there <laughs> cool cool <laughs> I, agree. I just wanted to see how you did temperature check temperature check no 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 for sure you got to get the temperature on that <laughs> oh man jay 
It's happening. It's here. The deals are already happening. They're happening and happening. It's February 4th, 2022. And the first deal of the trade window has happened, Jay. It's finally upon us. The Portland Trailblazers and the Los Angeles Clippers have agreed to to a trade per ESPN's Adrian Roshanowski that gives the Clippers much to much needed perimeter depth and scoring um, for this season. And I'm just going to tell you what the deal is, Jay. So the LA, the Portland Trailblazers will send Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Los Angeles Clippers for Eric Bloodsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a future second round pick, man. Jay. Wow, what Jay. Your, I, I know I mentioned you. So, so we obviously we recorded this. Uh, we recorded the earlier episode, man. And this is this is some breaking news. We had to add this to the hidden takes because we had to do it. Um, but Jay, what what I know we sent. I said we were talking a little bit about this deal earlier in the, in our group chat, our group chat. But how you feeling? I mean, dang, Jay, this. like this, wild, this, this is wild. Like this just came out of nowhere, Jay. Like I, I, de- I definitely didn't see uh, uh, both teams making a move. Neither did I see any of these players getting moved except Robert mm. Covington. I guess uh, maybe I could have seen that one coming, but this is just extremely wild, Jay. I mean, let's get into it. Um, I mean, let's, I'm gonna, I guess I'll start with the Blazers part, uh, side of things and Blazers perspective that I didn't really, I don't really get it. Doesn't really make too much sense if you're, if you're a Blazers fan, because in my opinion, they should be in tanking mode, and in that tanking mode, they should be giving all the shots and the ultimate green light to Anthony Simons. I mean, we've seen Anthony; he's starting to really uh, evolve as a player. And I, I mean, we've talked about a couple of episodes ago, right? That that whole that same thing that happened with Jordan Poole. The the, the Warriors uh, weren't really competing for a title, so what do they do? They let Jordan Poole get all that all that run, all that consistency. Now he's out here, a consistent player, producing. That's what I, that's what I think the Blazers should do with, with Anthony Simons. So I don't really understand bringing in uh, bringing in Eric Bledsoe, just somebody else to take the ball away from him. You know, I guess if he wants to be an OG to Anthony, but that's that's already Dame. So you know, I don't really understand. I, I don't really understand that move. Um, but and then Justice Winslow, I don't think he he makes them you know dramatically better. I, but he doesn't really hurt their chances of, of of tanking. So I don't really understand that unless they're just going to flip him. But as far as the Blazers side of things. I mean, I guess, I guess that's cool, but the Clippers, dog. Let me get into the Clippers real quick, Jay, because the Clippers just won. This was just – they got a big win last night against the Lakers, and then they got a big win now by pulling off this trade, man. Very aggressive. And honestly, Jay, I like the move. I really like the move because I feel like a lot of people, and even me, myself in general, like we weren't really – awake we were kind of sleeping on the clippers with as far as being real titles contenders i mean with a with a, a fair knowledge because Kawhi leonard was out but i feel mm-hmm. like this move th- this is them putting the world on notice saying y'all y'all thought we were just hanging out because Kawhi is out but now we playing we, we really trying to go after this so that's why like this was just an aggressive move i really like it man i mean Rob Covington, he's going to bring that much needed, like how you said in the beginning, a much needed perimeter defense, much needed uh, uh, small ball five lineup. I mean, we've seen Rob do that a couple of times in his career, play that small ball five. And Norman Powell, I mean, that's just that's just an, another pure score. That's like a Paul George 2.0. So, I mean, how could you get mad at adding that? And I mean, mm-hmm. I wanted, I just want to add this real quick, Jay, because if by the end of the season they got a healthy Kawhi back, a healthy Paul George, Reggie Jackson, who's been proving himself, been keeping his team afloat. Marcus Morris, Zubox, who's been playing pretty well. All these role players like to, uh, uh, Nicholas Taboom Ter- and Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Jay. And then you add Norman Powell and Robert Covington. I think they might be up there and we're talking like top five, maybe top four creeping up. I don't know, Jay, but I'm just I'm feeling pretty excited. Jay. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, man. No, I, I mean, the, all of all valid feelings. I mean. And you look at, Jay, John, you look at the Clippers and what they were already doing, like you said, without those guys. And we, we've seen what kind of coach Chai Lu is. Um, I've been, my, my, my opinion, criminally underrated, especially what he's done, what he has on his resume, being down 3-1, um, coming back. I think a lot of people overlook that and say, you know, that was LeBron's doing. But there is a coach who sets up those game plans and gets them back in games and got him back into that series ultimately. So he 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 has a track record of being successful. I think the Lakers are kind of on, on as a Laker fan, you probably know, maybe we should have brought in Ty Luke because he, he's doing some work. He's putting in some serious work and a lot of credit deserved. So 
Now he's got a little more tools to, to play with. But going back to Eric Bledsoe part for Portland, I don't really think he's going to stick. I think it was one of those things where um, the, the Clippers wanted to dump his salary. And, you know, in order to take on those two guys, they said, you know, we're doing you a solid. Like, we're giving you Keon Johnson. We're giving you the second-round pick and Justice Winslow. You know, and I think ultimately we could look at I, – I personally think it's, this is the domino effect that shows me that Portland's full tank and they're going to definitely get rid of CJ. And I think if they don't make a deal at the deadline to get him to a team like a Pelicans who will – discuss more on our upcoming episode here with the buyers and sellers for the Western conference. Cause I got a lot to say about that, but if CJ is on the move, I think these two players will be in maybe a multiple team deal um, just pieces to add to the mix. So I think that's why Portland kind of wanted those guys. And it's kind of a domino effect that we'll see here probably in the next six days and next week. Um, so I think that's why they brought it on. And it, cause it wouldn't make sense if they're bringing in a guy, like you said, blood. So, to pair with Simons because we've seen the flashes from Simons of what the player that he could be. But, man, Jay, I think this is a, a beautiful deal, beautiful deal for the Clippers. Um, definitely one that makes them – I mean, they were in the Western Conference Finals with Paul George and, and Reggie Jackson and not even Ka- uh, Kawhi, and they took the Clippers to, what, six games without, without Kawhi. So I think this just makes them that much better. It adds – um, a great team defender and Robert Covington. He's not the on-ball defender that he was in his past, you know, as he's aged. But uh, in terms of team defender, he's up there in the best in the league. You know, what he provides um, on the weak side, coming over, getting blocks, steals, hands in the passing lane. Um, Norman Powell, another serviceable defender and a Swiss Army knife. You know, he can drive. He can shoot the ball, like you said. Uh, he's also a member of getting Iggy with it, my fantasy team. So <laughs> I'm excited to see him in this new role, too, because he doesn't even have to defer to Anthony Simons. I think he's really going to get the tools uh, to this offense, at least for the rest of this season, because I think this is going to be a situation, Jay, where um, the Clippers kind of, in a sense, I think they're kind of realizing Paul George may be out for the season and they're gearing up towards next season to make that run when they got everything healthy. But if they get Kawhi and Paul George back this season wow, in the man. playoffs, come on! I don't dog. know because they can integrate them. They can get the, the Rob and um, Norman integrated, and then have when those two come back, it's an easy fit because they've already played in uh, Tyrone's system. But man, I'm kind of worried that as a warrior fan. Crazy, fit, man. Jay. Oh man, if the Clippers yeah. somehow turn around, that would be crazy. And yeah. all the uh, all the all the credit would be would would be looked towards here, man. So then, man, mm-hmm. I, yeah, that, that is a crazy trade, Jay. And like how we said on the last, I believe it was last episode, I told you that um, well, I asked the question, "Do you think it's going to be a lot of trades?" And then you said, you know, a little more on the conservative side. And I was like, "Well, if one one goes, it's going to go." So let's see, Jay. Is this going to be a domino effect? Is this or, it? Are all the trades about to start falling out? the sky i really hope so jay because we, we got to have these emergency pods <laughs> yes sir yes sir a lot more emergency pods so that, that's a, that's all the recap man we just wanted to real quick touch on this and enjoy the rest of the show man uh some action packing takes for y'all peace move on here man let's let's get into our next segment and that that's the kia mvp ladder and and you know who I've been thinking the front runner this year, and that's been Jokic. When you asked, we had Garrett on the show. It was Steph to begin the season. Uh, we know, obviously, he went into a slump. Jokic, I thought, was playing great basketball. Um, he has been playing great basketball. And, you know, putting up triple doubles on a Brett Lee nightly basis, keeping the Denver Nuggets in the fifth or sixth seed, I believe in. Let me double check. They are the sixth seed, yes, right now as we stand here um, on, on February 4th. And, and Jay, like, uh, let's talk about the standings that Kia released, and that's Joel Embiid, who's now the first number one in their rankings, averaging 29 points per game, 10 rebounds, four assists, and I'm just playing unreal basketball. The Eastern Conference Player of the Month um, for January, um, playing unbelievable basketball, averaging um, – NBA best 34 four points in the month of January with 10, 11 rebounds, five assists, two blocks, all while shooting 54% from the field since the 1981-82 um, season, Jay. 
Embiid is one of just five players to average 35 points, sorry, 34 points, 10 rebounds in a month while playing in at least 10 games, joining Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, um, <laughs> Carl Malone, and Moses Malone. Man, Jay, that's some elite company, brother. Um, and then number two, real quick, I'll just run it down real quick. As Nikola Jokic, um, you know, know what he's been doing, 25 points per game, 13 rebounds, seven assists. Number three is uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, averaging 28 points, 11 rebounds and six, uh, six assists. Chris Paul, deservingly being number four, with 14, 15 points per game, 4.5 rebounds, 10.4 assists per game. And then Steph sitting at the fifth seed, um, actually moved up one spot at 26 points per game 5.4 rebounds and 6.3 assists per game jay so how are you feeling how are we feeling about this top five um you got anything any moves any changes um between this i mean i i was thinking you know when you started talking you mentioned how like i remember at the beginning of the season like the nba narrative was like man this is curry's curry's year to win it and then like it's just crazy like a roller coaster of a year can you know he goes on goes on a bit of a shooting slump joel Embiid, and then Joel Embiid was nowhere in the top five at the beginning of the season. And then for him to just take over, I think it's just, just crazy. But, um, but I mean, let's talk about it, Jay. Man, Joel Embiid, I so want him to win this because I've been pushing for him to win MVP for the past couple of seasons. But the thing is, like, I could never really sit here and make a genuine, serious argument to someone because they would just look at me and say, bro, yes, he, he, he had a great game, but he only played in like 30 games, right? And like, mm-hmm. that was my issue, right? Like, he never had played, he never had played in enough games. He, he's he, he still is injury prone to be real like he still is an extremely injury prone player but right now he's played he's played in in, in uh, 39 games of 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 the games that that, that the Sixers played and he's been extremely dominant man in all those games you've been able to feel his presence and just watching a 76ers game it, it's it's crazy like it's crazy watching on TV that I would, I would, I really want to be able to watch in person. And like, I'm talking my core side where I can see this close enough because we're talking about Joel Embiid, a seven foot dude who's out here moving like a guard. Like Joel Embiid is taking players off the dribble from the three point line, getting into a step back and getting into the jumper. Or if he, if, if he doesn't have that, he can easily, he has the footwork of Elijah one over there in the post to be able to get inside spin move. And then he's just big bodying everybody it's it's really crazy out there right now Joel Embiid has no stop you know for the little guys he's too big for the little guys he's too fast uh, uh for the little guys he's too big for the fast guys he's too too strong um he can shoot the mid-range he's shooting a three he's been able to defend defend players in the perimeter and honestly at, at this point I'm really rooting for him because the past couple of years he's been close but his games that he's played has always been a big knock on him so I'm really hoping he's he, he's able to stay healthy man because Watch a performance like this is just is just crazy, man. It's just we're blessed to see this. Yeah, Jay. No, I agree. He's he's playing playing at an extremely elite level. Uh, I think it's his. It, right now, it's his uh, his award to lose. But the way I look at it too, um, but I think it's gonna be neck and neck race. Actually, um, actually countering that and and kind of backtracking on that, I think it's gonna be back and forth between Jokic, but. I will say that Steph's going to make a run. And here's why I say this, because he's shooting the ball better, Jay. And, and I just see that the impact that he's having playmaking wise on, on the Warriors, just seem, being able to see their games. And I think he's going to make a run, but I don't know if it's going to be enough because of the way we've seen that despite his deficiencies on offense, and not to not to be said that he has one of the highest, if not the highest plus minus in the NBA. So it just shows that he can affect the game without having to score the ball. But that's another point. I think just the fact that the Warriors are still doing well despite of his his previous um, slump that he was in, and the the Sixers and the Nuggets need night to night Joel Embiid and Jokic the ball out in order to be successful and to win basketball games. And I don't think the same can be said uh, for Steph. That um, usually, th- th- but are, are yeah. you, cause th- th- doesn't that usually like as much as it doesn't make sense because basketball is a sport game and like you should want to win whether your star player is there or not. Um, but doesn't that argument 
make more sense and give more of a stronger case for Embiid and, and Jokic, because if we're just talking about, if we're talking about MVP, right, MVPs, most likely in the NBA, they're going to look at individual awards. Like, that's why uh, Westbrook got, like, that one, when that every day year that he averaged triple-double, but then it was, like, the ninth seed or something like that. Um, it, it, it is, don't, don't you think that Warriors still being able to play good without Curry there is actually more detrimental to Curry's uh, uh, MVP case? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I was. Okay, yeah. okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah, okay, yeah. I just I was trying to understand what you're trying to say. No, gotcha. no, no, yeah, yeah, no, gotcha. no, that was that was what I was getting at um, for his case. Um, I mean, even which, if I, even if he starts playing better basketball, I think that's going to be which is stupid. Ultimately, in my big, like that, yeah, it's, like it's, like those are tough, never right? like yeah. they. I don't know. I hate when they do that in the NBA. Like they always do that for like, oh, right. well, like well, his team was his team was good when he wasn't there. We're like, wait, what? You want yeah. him to be bad? So it's just crazy. <laughs> but but my counter to people who may say that for steps cases, let's think about what the war, where the Warriors have come from, Jay. And this was a two year team two years ago in the um, the eighteen no yeah nineteen twenty season, who was the worst team in basketball. You push that forward to the last year, a team who was finished the season as a seven seed, lost obviously eventually getting knocked out by the Grizzlies in the playing game. But, I mean, he was playing historic basketball to a team who's now jumped from the seventh seed in the West, um, I think about five or six games above 500, whatever they were at that time, to now the best team in basketball with a hot start by him leading those guys without Klay Thompson, without James Wiseman, without all those pieces, to now obviously coming through a slump. He, he has a bit of a case still. I still will say that he doesn't have the strongest case right now going through that slump um, to Embiid and Jokic. Just a counter to play devil's advocate on the other side of him going through that slump. But the storyline to where they are now being the second best team in basketball. Storyline matters. Storyline matters. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it always matters, man. That's why. That's why, like, I think D. Rose had won that MVP. He was like, oh, youngest MVP of all time and all mm -hmm. that. So storyline definitely matters. And then the and, uh, yeah. and then, uh, last question on this, Jay, just because uh, on the MVP Kia, uh, Kia ladder here, like, it has it has first Joel and then it has Jokic and then has a, 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 a very close third in Giannis. So that top three, do you think, while, mm -hmm. while I'm right there with you, and I think that Curry will make that push. And, you know, now he's got he's got he's had a great, great game the other day, got out of the, that that historic shooting slump that he was in. Do you think he'll be able to make that top that push to be able to land that top three position? I think he will be. I think he'll okay. be able to okay. land that top three spot uh, right. But right behind Jokic and Embiid, similar to last year. Um, I think that one of Jokic and Embiid will ultimately end up winning the to, um, the MVP and then Curry will finish in third as he did last year, unfortunately. But fortunately that the Warriors are a better basketball team. So I think he'll take that any day of the week, just knowing uh, where he's built his brand on. But Jay, let's keep it pushing here, man. Love to, to get the rundown on, uh, on, on the MVP and kind of how it's standing between how we're feeling and temperature wise about these players. And I'll just add this little caveat here, Jay, we would mostly likely on our recap and when we get into teams um, about trades and all that coming up, moving towards the deadline, we will be this weekend. We'll be having a Western conference um, recap, not recap. Um, uh, buyers and sellers. Yeah. <laughs> Western conference buyers and sellers is what we'll be having. Cut that out by the way. Um We'll be having Western Conference buyers and sellers, Jay, for, for next week. And sorry, this upcoming weekend, um, the weekend of February 4th, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this weekend. The, upcoming, the so, upcoming episode, so y'all, is going to yeah, be the buyers and sellers. It's buyers and sellers. So look forward to that. And we're not going to spend too much time on that. So if you're looking forward to us talking more of that, look forward to us on the next episode upcoming is what I'm trying to say. And then we will be recapping all those deals that go down on February 10th, just as a reminder. But yeah, Jay, let's move it forward. Um, let's talk about some games, man. I know there was a lot of games um, that happened, some big games, some upsets. But what do you got highlighted um, in games you want to talk about? 
man, I want to talk about this crazy. And I know I just, we just kind of all got, got on Trey Young and like disrespected him. But now let me give all his respect right back, man. Crazy game. I was I, I saw the Hawks versus the Suns yesterday. The Hawks were able to beat the Suns 124-115, actually snapping the Suns on, on an 11-game winning streak. They're currently on an 11-game winning streak. Um but then Hawks came through and uh, and 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 snapped that. And Jay, I, Jay, I don't know, Jay. I know the Suns lost, but John, Jay, the Suns are looking freaking good. Like the like such a deep team, Jay. And and I uh, and I don't know, Jay. I know earlier you were saying the Warriors are the best team in the league, Jay. I don't know, Jay. The Suns might have something to say about that. But uh, but no, Trae I Young, said that I said they were the best. I said the Warriors were the second best team. Second, oh, second best. Okay, okay. I thought you said they were yeah. the best. Team. Okay, but look, right Trae now. Young. Trey Young had had something to say about that, though. Because Trey Young, not only did he explode for the Hawks, Trey Young, not only did he explode for 43 points, but all nine players from the Hawks really contributed. I mean, we had John Collins with 19 and 10, Kevin Herter with 19 points, DeAndre Hunter 13, Bogdanovich with 11, uh, Gallinari with 12 points. So, you know, it, it definitely was a, a good a good back and forth game until. Just late in just late in the second quarter, Kevin Herter just exploded for 12 points in the second quarter and, and only missed one three-pointer. After that, man, that really gave the Hawks big energy coming into that second half. And then that helped Trey Young have a 28-point second half, man, which was just it was just insane. And then and real quick, I just wanted to highlight, you know, as, in such a big game with you know, with CP3, with D Book, all these veterans, like who was the guy that came and grabbed the snake by the you know by by its neck and and took control of the game? The twenty three year old Trey Young. So you know, I just definitely I'd wanted to give his 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 uh, praise uh, for him on that. Um, although I still don't think he should be starting over Zach Levine. Just wanted to give his uh just wanted to give his praise on that because for him to be able to do that, he was a superstar that rose to the occasion. And um and I mean honestly, overall, this was definitely a a, a great game for the uh, great game for the Hawks and they as a team shot 58% from the three and the Suns shot 38, I mean, shot 28% from, from, from the three. So that also helps the Hawks a lot. Um, and just being able to knock down their, their, their outside shots. And I mean, besides Trey Young putting up 43 points and 63% from the field, 54% from three and uh, 71% from the free throw line, the Hawks just really hit all their, uh, hit, hit all their shots. But, um, and then just real quick, I just, I want to touch real quick on the uh on the sun the whole sun's perspective man and like you definitely want to see a little bit more out of deandre aiden played all 25 minutes and scored and only scored six points and i didn't get to the free throw line not even once i mean in today's league you're a big man like getting to the free throw line in my opinion is is kind of required of you it's really because it the refs are just blowing the whistle so loosely that you know if you get in there you could definitely get some definitely get some uh some some easy points but real quick, Jay, I just want to mention, like, if the Hawks play this way that they've been playing, like, they play this way they played last night against the Suns, they would not be a 12th seed. There's just no way that they would be the 12th seed because they got huge contributions from, from a b- bunch of people. But especially they got big contribution from players like from players like Kevin Herter, from players like DeAndre Hunter, right, who put, who put up a lot of points. And that's, who, and that's what I think the Hawks really need, a consistent second scorer. I, I, I'm watching a lot of Hawks games, and it seems to be that Trey Young has a, a too much of the scoring load at, at times. If it's not Trey Young throwing a lob to to Capella or John Collins, it's Trey Young having to find his own shots or just having to find a shooter in a corner. And I don't think that that's really going to work that, uh, down the line, which is why again, like if Cam Reddish called for the trade, all right, maybe he called it. I'm not in the locker room. I don't see what's going on, but I don't understand. I still am a little mind boggled how low they let Cam Reddish go for, because that's exactly what they need. A score, somebody who can put the ball on the ground and get a bucket at any time to give, to relieve Trey Young and these, these other players. Uh, so I just, I just wanted to add that because and them being the 12th seed, they should definitely be looking to make some changes to improve, you know, not, try to give play not I get it you want to give DeAndre Hunter more space but I think you, you, you the the more players you have the more of a chance it is for it to work out so I know that was long-winded Jay but definitely a good game uh for the Hawks and the Suns the uh, Suns came out strong but Trey Young had something to say about it man and he, he put him a bed it was cold out there yeah no no for sure um you you don't think Bogey Bogdanovich is that scorer that they can rely on I, I think don't he's too streaky yeah, I think I, I, I think he's I, I think he's 
he's I think he, he's he, he's too streaky and I don't know mm-hmm. if if they can every night say okay here Trey Young can have a bad game we we trust you to put the ball on the ground and go get a bucket for yourself every single time yeah I feel that yeah no that, that was a huge win for, for the Hawks especially um again coming up at home against the best team in basketball record wise I will say and just to add this yeah I say the Suns right now, no doubt about it, best team in basketball. I do think Warriors, full strength, I'm taking the, the, the Warriors over them. But I will add this. The Suns have been pretty much healthy and playing all their guys for most of the season. And you did say Chris Paul, we know, is 36 years old. So it just worries me when playoffs come around, just for their health, um, those kind of guys. But they, they do – they are one of also one of the deepest teams. We've seen what campaign does off the bench. Just to add that little caveat there, we will see how they hold up when it comes when the playoffs come around. But Jay, that, I'm not going to talk too much about that game. You know, I caught the end of it um, and and was able to watch most of the the Suns game. But I'm going to talk about game. But I'm going to talk about another game, Jay, and that's the overtime win for the Toronto Raptors, 127, 120 over the Chicago Bulls, Jay. That was a, that was a game. That it's was a, a game. game. Seems like the Raptors have been on a streak here. They've play, been playing great basketball. Um, they, they've been keeping, continuing to keep it rolling. That's why I mentioned earlier when you had asked between the Cavs, um, I think it was the Cavs, I think the Hawks or someone, yeah. um, kicking that sixth seed. That might have been in the Hawks. I think it was the Boston Celtics. But I, th- I said the, the Raptors would, would be kind of pulling up the Cavs are still ahead of them, but I think the Raptors are can continue to surge because number one, they've got their got all their guys for the most part healthy now, and they just have that DNA built built into them. They just know how to win games and are able to grind these games out and come through. And last night was another example of that um, Pascal Siakam balanced attack on on the offensive end. Also, Pascal Siakam finished the game twenty five points, thirteen rebounds. Chris Boucher was 16 points, 10 boards, a monster game from him. Um, and then Scotty Barnes, the rookie coming through with 21 points, um, including a tip-in when Fred Van Vliet missed the layup um, with 144 um, left in OT, um, which was huge. Sorry, with seconds remaining after Vucevic had scored at the end of the game. And, um, and then Gary Trent, who's been rolling, we've seen him with 36 um, – sorry, um, I think it was – uh, a career best 35 um, straight 30 point games, man, absolutely rolling. But we saw him that streak end here when he finished the game with 16 points. And then Federico and OG Ananobi um, scored 21. Um, so very balanced attack for, for the, um, for the Raptors in this one, obviously. And, and it just, it just spoke to me, you know, um, Zach Levine after the game was just saying they out physical us. Um, throughout the whole game and that's just what I mentioned earlier the Raptors DNA of being a physical team who may not have the talent that the other team has like I think the Raptors aren't as talented as the Bulls even missing a guy like Lonzo Ball I think you just look at DeMar, Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic those are the three best players on the floor um, position wise in my opinion no I think Zach Levine the best guard even better than Frederico um, De- DeMar DeRozan, best for, um, wing in that game for sure. And then Vucevic is the best big, um, in my opinion. Maybe Pascal Siakam had a little bit to say about that in this game, but I thought Vucevic outplayed him for the most part, um, despite – actually, they're pretty equal in this one. But let's talk about what Vucevic, who's a guy who's been playing great basketball as well. Um, Vucevic matches the season high in this game with 30 points. 18 boards, his ninth double-double in 10 games, and quoted after the game saying, I feel that I've been able to find a rhythm. And that's exactly what the Bulls needed. That's exactly what he's been doing, and that's why they've been playing better basketball. DeMar finished this game with 28 points um, against his former team. We saw Drake in the building last night um, showing love as well. in the empty arena, and I'll add that as well. Kobe White finished the game with 16 points. Zach Levine looking like a shell of himself. I don't know if he's injured or what. Um, finishing the game with 15 points. He just didn't look like himself last night. They were on the floor. Javante Green, who they're going to need to step up, finished with 13 points. And the rookie, Ayo Donsumu, um, finished the game with 11 for the Bulls. So um, 
that, that this was just a game that, like Zach Levine has said, they just bullied them. It was back and forth game. Um, but we saw at the end of the game, the Raptors led this game 103 to 93. Um, um, and the Bulls were able to claw their way back, um, led by DeMar DeRozan, um, and fit, tie the game with 40 seconds left, which was huge um, for, the, for the Bulls. And then they were able to take, um, they were take, able to take the lead with Vucevic um, with eight point seconds left after Tepin on a break, a break, um, a broken play, um, which was huge. And I thought they were going to end the game there. That was it. Um, but no, Fred Van Vliet made a drive to the basket after a timeout was able to get it to the, get into the lion slice of the defense. He missed the shot, but Barnes was able to tip it in Jay and then went into overtime after Vucevic shot up a brick to end the, end, end the fourth quarter, um, a prayer, but there was 0.7 seconds left on the clock, man. And then in the fourth, in the, in the uh, overtime, Raptors just took over. They showed their depth, just hitting big timely shot after timely shot. And it just looked like the Bulls just ran out of gas there at the end of the game, man. And I look back just to this type of team, and I kind of remember when we had Oko on the show, Jay, and that was the type of team that I know the Raptors can be. And that's a team who has that championship DNA, who is going to out physically. We know the defensive capabilities that they have. They have the length with Scott, Scotty Barnes. Um, they have the length with OG Ananobi, and then they have the shooting with Frederico, OG Ananobi, who's um, improved his shoot, shooting as well, as well as Gary Trent. We've seen he can be streaky at times, but he can be a great shooter as well. So I just look to the Raptors as a team that I know for sure, much like the Grizzlies, a team who's hungry, um, who I, I, in seven-game series would not want to see if I was any team in the East because I think that they just have that, that it factor that they can win a seven game series against these top teams in the East. Um, what I, what they really need to do is just find a big man. Um, and I think they're going to be active in the, in the move. I don't know what they'll give up, but they, I think they realize that they may have a big because them going small is a weapon that they can use against a lot of teams. And a lot of teams don't have that versatility. They can go small with Pascal Siakam um, at the five, but they need a big lineup. To also on the flip side of that, um, with a true center, um, sometimes if they want to match up with a team like Philly, um, with a team even like um, I'm for, for blanking on the name right now. Throw me a throw me a team in the East with a big who they can't match up with. Um, a big maybe league. even the Bulls, the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks. The Bucks. Giannis um, is considered a big Giannis. We've we've heard we've heard I've heard rumblings of of uh, Brook Lopez potentially coming back. <laughs> Your guy, John. Don't tell me John's about guy. this guy, Brook, man. John's, John's guy, John's. Uh, for those of us running around laughing, John's guy on uh, fantasy who he drafted put a lot of stock into it as well. <laughs> a lot of stock, um, and I got him on like the third round, dog. Yeah. Didn't play one game for <laughs> Mr. me. V Lopez, <laughs> Mr. V Lopez, it's crazy, Jake. The dog, but yeah, no, that's that's the recap for that game, Jay. That was. So. That was Jay. That was a a great recap, brother. Felt like I felt like I watched the game. So thank you for that. And then uh, just wanted just just wanted to uh, just add a little some uh, as far as just on 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 the bull side of things. I definitely did see that. Uh, you know, you saying Zach Levine looked like he was you know a shell of himself. Uh, he definitely he definitely looked like a shell of himself out there uh, scoring uh, scoring fifteen points and really playing playing forty two minutes. So it's not like he didn't uh, di- didn't get his minutes. And I also looked to uh, to the the, the shots that he. T- takes right now he's averaging 18 attempted field goals per game only took 10 right now he's averaging five attempted free throws per game only took two uh so i think that you know th- th- these are simple problems that you can look at and say he just wasn't being aggressive enough like how you said for what reason we don't know um is it injury is it something personal but uh you definitely would uh, definitely would li- like to see your uh you you know your big three your one one two or three however you want to call it out of your big three step up you know with Demar and Vooch stepping up big so you definitely uh, would like to see that out of out of Zach and then for the uh, for the Raptors Jay man I, I really like that analogy you put you said they're the Raptors of the East they're the Grizzlies of the East because they really are dog like they will and on a nightly basis there's no you, anybody could lose to them the the the, the, mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns the 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 Warriors the the Nets, the uh, the Bulls, all these teams. I mean, the, look at that. The Bulls 
just awesome, right? So like awesome, right? So like on mm-hmm. any given night, these teams, uh, these top teams could 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 get taken out by the by teams like the Raptors, man, because all they do is they just play like a team. So absolutely, Jay. That the great, great game breakdown, man. But but all right, Jay. So then so I think right now is a cool place for us to go ahead and wrap this up, Jay. We got we got some games we got to get to today. We got to watch and get into them, Jay. So I think we could wrap it up here. But do you got any last words you want to say before we get off here? No, man. No, no. We got to got to wrap it up, too. No. Uh, great episode, as usual. Appreciate. Always appreciate y'all tuning into um, Hidden Takes. Always appreciate the support. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, please like this. Give us five stars on, I know, on Spotify. Apple Music um, takes two seconds. We really appreciate that um, your support and everything. Um, follow us on YouTube. Um, subscribe to us on YouTube. Excuse me. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter um, at Clutch Talk Pod. C L U T C H T L A K all one word P O D. That's Clutch Talk Pod. Um, and get a, get us with a questions, comments, concerns. Um, if you think we have to- debate topics, whatever you want to hear from us, um, we'll get you. We always love the input, the feedback. Um, and we appreciate y'all being part of the Clutch Talk community, man. That's all I got to say. Yes, sir. And we out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Dose.